Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Thanks, Penny. Well, to not cry, I'm going to go back to that dance move she did. Was she like, yeah, Europe, on fire for the Lord. So good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It feels like there's so many more people here today. My husband's like, there's a lot of people. I'm like, I know, I'm nervous. Don't make me feel more nervous. Okay. It's good to see you guys. Just want to take a good look. Good read of the people here. Happy New Year again. Um, It seems like there's somewhat of a theme this morning. Celebration, invitation. We're going to talk a little bit more about invitations today. But we just came out of an interesting year. Probably a year a lot of you didn't party Probably a year a lot of you didn't get invitations of your own. So I want to hear, how many of you have gotten an invitation within the last year? All right, Curtis, what was your invitation to? A hiking trip. Ooh, all right, who else? Shout some out. Shout some invitations out. Birthday party. Who else? What else? Wedding. I'm glad people still got married. I'm really (laughs) glad people still got married. Good choice. Good choice, people. (laughs) Who else? Yell out. Tish. Thanksgiving dinner, yay. Anyone else, anyone else? Joy conferences. Joy conferences. Why do I not get invited to those? I should have an invitation. Home groups, yep, awesome. Awesome, okay, presence group, hey yo. We're gonna talk about that more today. But since I'm sure there might be some of you who maybe were on the slide of isolation this last year, maybe you had to um, turn down invitations in order to honor your family, or you just weren't around people a ton because it was a crazy year. So to start off 2021 with a bang, I wanted you all to feel invited to something. So under your seats, I want you all to take a look. Physically, there is an invitation under your, all of your seats. If, okay, this corner back here, they set up chairs when I did not know. So if you don't have an invitation, Miss Ayana, can you come here, babe? Miss Ayana, if you do not have an invitation under your seat, Ayana, can you pass these out to those who have their hands up? I wanted to make sure everybody at this church received an invitation in 2021 to start this year off with a bang. So take a minute, read your invitations. Keep your hands up if you don't have one. We'll come around and get them for you. (laughs) Just for you. (laughs) Did anyone else hear that? No. (laughs) Come on. Aaron, here you go. Come on. An old-fashioned, oh my gosh. All right, I want to hear some of the invitations you guys received this morning. Could you be so bold to stand up and shout it out to me? Because they're fun. What'd you get? To read a psalm. Ooh, he got an invitation to read a psalm. Come on. To simplify your life somehow. To simplify your life somehow. Who else? Oh, come on, everybody's To hear a stranger's story. To pray for a nation. Carlos. To tell a child a knock-knock joke. Ooh, to write down 25 dreams and desires. What is yours? Wow, Pastor Jesse's giving his car away. And you get a car, and you get a 
not get that invitation. What? What? Who else? Who else? This is too fun. That's not what it said. I'm just, I, I really didn't write that one. Who else? To go on a walk with God. Cool. To not buy that item that you don't need. To not buy that item that you don't need. <laughs> Any others? To start and finish a book. Because how many know we all start books? Do we finish them? That's the real question. Any others? This is fun. To carry someone's burden. Come on. To ask God what he thinks about you. These are good invitations. Who wrote these? These are good. Yeah. What a, to give a cup of water to someone. That sounds biblical. Who else? To believe that you are significant. Come on. Any others? To belong. Amen. You're invited to belong. Jake. To start a new tradition. So fun. All right. Awesome, you guys. Well, thanks for reading those. I want you to know those are actual challenges and invitations I'm giving to you all. So I challenge you. I invite you this week or the next week to actually respond to your invitation. Because how many of us know an invitation is nothing apart from your response to it? Right? So if, if Penny invites me over for an amazing home-cooked meal and I'm like, mm, can't come. I'm missing out on something, right? The invitation can only go so far. There's a response required. Well, how many of us know that Jesus is constantly inviting us into something or to do things? He's inviting us to pray. He's inviting us to talk to that stranger, to read the psalm, to read the proverb, to tell a knock-knock joke to a kiddo, right? There's this response, though, that he's waiting for us to give him with his invitations. So today... That was kind of fun, huh? I'm like, read more, read more. Just kidding. I wanted, to, um, <laughs> I wanted to show you guys through Scripture just a few examples of the invitations Jesus gives us. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to weave this imagery of an invitation in order to talk to you guys about what discipleship is and what community is. So if we can put that like invitational cap on, that's the lens we're going to see discipleship through and community. Okay? Sound good? So scripturally, let's talk about a couple of his invitations. We've got Mark 1.17. It's Jesus invites us into a new lifestyle when he says, come, follow me. Invitation, right? In Matthew 11.29, he's inviting us into rest. If you need to close your eyes, close your eyes. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. An invitation to rest, right? Or how about this one? This is him inviting us to peace in Psalm 23 too. It says, he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love and his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. An invitation to rest. Here's another one. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. That's John 15, 5. What an invitation to be fruitful through something called union with God, right? Okay, here's one that's not so easy. Matthew 18, 21, 22. Jesus invites us to forgive people 70 times, seven times. Oh, that's an invitation that never stops knocking, right? 
Forgive, 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 forgive. No. <laughs> a good one, though. Um, or how about Matthew 5, Jesus invites us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. If we see it through the lens of an invitation, it's probably a lot better than seeing it through a lens of, like, responsibility, obligation, duty, right? I'm just doing my Christian duty. Or we're being invited into a better life with him, right? So every invitation, of course, it requires this response. Are we going to forgive? Are we not going to forgive? Are we going to pray for our enemies? Are we not? But we can't accept these invitations or respond to them and still remain the same, which is cool, right? It's always going to lead us into growth, into something new. So we can't um, accept his invitation to love someone or forgive someone and yet hold on to bitterness, there's a response required with this invitation. Is that making sense? You guys are free to like be like, yeah, preach. Speak it out. I like it. I like the encouragement. Okay, so we'll take a hold from that talk for a second, and I wanted to share a little bit about how we're launching presence groups. Okay, if you guys don't know, let me pull it out. We've got an amazing card that Glenn created for us. Hun, is it over there? Do you mind grabbing one? That's my handsome husband, Aaron. He's so good looking. He is so good looking. Thank you, my love. Okay, so on these cards, these cards are just handy little like what our presence group's all about. They're on these cards. But you'll see, oh, thanks, Jesse. You'll see under these cards where it says presence invitations of Jesus. Doesn't that sound inviting? The invitations of Jesus. So, we're launching presence groups, and the theme we're going to be cha- you know, going through is this theme of his invitations. And I'll talk a little bit about that today some more. But just to get your mind spinning, that's what we're going to be touching on every week during, um, during presence groups, his invitations. So cool. Okay, so these groups, they're going to be six months long. Everybody say six months. Say, I can commit to six months. It's awesome. (laughs) If you can't, that's all right. We are requiring a commitment from you, though. However, it's an invitation, right? So they're six months long in order to build consistency. We'll talk a little bit about that soon, too. But this is going to be a place where people get to come together. They get to learn about Jesus' invitations. They get to respond to his invitations. They get to be challenged by his invitations. They get to um, just persevere and and work through this, this curriculum together. So good. All right. So first I wanted to, so good. I wanted to share about his invitation to follow him as a disciple. Okay. We're going to, again, I'm going to weave invitations through discipleship and community. So his first invitation about, about discipleship and following him. So who here is ready for a history lesson? Who likes history? Anybody, anybody? Awesome. You guys are responsive. I love it. All right. So a lot of this idea, these ideas that I'm pulling are from John Mark Comer. He's up at the Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon. Amazing man. Brilliant uh, just learner and teacher. If you guys can and have some time, listen to him, please. But, um, so we're going to talk a little bit about first century discipleship. So about 2,000 years ago, discipleship was like the highest point of the Jewish educational system. There were three tiers of education, three levels. So here in the U.S., we have elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and then like grad school, law school, you know, trade school, those kinds of things. But in the Jewish, in the Jewish education system, with Jesus' time, they had three levels. So the first level was like a grade school concept. Okay, so they learned how to read, they were learning how to write, and they were learning how to, um, who, how to 
do math, all through the Bible. So they were using the Bible to learn these things. So most children at this time were getting an education until about 12 years old at this first level of education. Believe it or not, these kiddos at age 12 had the first five books of the Bible memorized. That's like a lot. A lot of the Bible's memorized. So good. So then after this first level, the girls, typically girls, um, unfortunately weren't able to move on to the next level of education at that time. But so the girls would get married at like 13, 14, have kids at that point. And the boys would either, you know, start apprenticing under their fathers, learn the family trade, um, and get married and also have children. Or some of the, the students, the boys that wanted to go to the next level of education would go to their second level. This was at a place called... Um, the house of learning. And so this is where they'd continue their education. They would, um, some boys at the age of 12 to 15, they would learn from a full-time teacher, like a rabbi of some sort, and they would memorize most, if not all, of the Old Testament. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of memorizing in three years. I can't even read through Leviticus a couple times in three years, right? (laughs) Does not sound fun. But... So after the second level of education, then most of those boys would then, you know, go pursue apprenticeship under their fathers. They would learn the family trade at that point and get married. But the top of the top of the class, the summa cum laude, like cream of the crop, would pursue the third level of education. And so what they would do is this was one they had to actually like interview for. So what they would do is they would um, go and sit with a rabbi They'd interview with that rabbi, and that rabbi would interrogate and grill them and say, you know, what does Leviticus 32 verse 5 say? You know, and they'd have to know it on the spot. So they'd get grilled about these hardcore questions about the Bible. And the rabbi would determine, you know, is this person fit to become eventually a rabbi? Is this person equipped? Do they have the drive, the work ethic, the talent, the, the skills, and the brain to do so? So a very small percentage of these students, these boys, would then get accepted Um, to apprentice under a rabbi. What would happen is the rabbi would look at them and say, you know, all right, you've passed. You've made it. Come, follow me. Be my apprentice and be my disciple. And that was what discipleship was in the Jewish time. Does that make sense? So it was like the pinnacle of the educational system. The top of the top would do it. Sidebar, how cool is it that Jesus invites us all, regardless of our education or our ability to memorize Leviticus, he invites us all to come follow him. So good. So good. So if you made the cut, if you were lucky enough to be considered an apprentice to a rabbi, your title was, was called like a Talmudine. Everybody say Talmudine. It means apprentice, follower, disciple. The best word again is apprentice. So Apprentices or Talmudines had three main goals. You guys following? Okay. Their first goal was to be with their rabbi. Okay, they had to be with them 24-7. They were with their rabbis. They were eating, sleeping, drinking, doing everything next to their rabbi. And the goal was to um, just constantly surround themselves with that rabbi. There was a, a neat Jewish or Hebrew blessing of that time period that would say, um, may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. Because that means you're following in his steps really closely if the dust is on you too. Because remember, back then, there weren't really many paved roads. There's a lot of dirt everywhere. So may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi indicates, one, you are smart enough you know, to, to, be a rab- or to be an apprentice, but then also that you had the privilege of being close to somebody like that. 
So that was the first goal, to be with their rabbi. The second goal was to become like their rabbi. So the goal of a, the second goal of a, a Talmudin was to become the carbon copy of their rabbi, to talk like them, to walk like them, to carry the same like facial expressions even as their rabbi and to um, become just exactly like them, the carbon copy. Can you see where I'm going with this? So fun. Oh, so good. So awesome. So that whole, um, that whole verse, this is funny, John Mark Comer does it way funnier than I, so I won't try to mimic him, but he talks about that verse where it says, you know, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, and how people these days are like, oh, fishers of men, you know, like they were fishing for fish, now they're fishing for men, and like this goofy, like, Jesus is way funnier than that. That's not quite what he was saying. Fishers of men was an expression back then, and the expression meant like a great teacher, To be a fisher of men meant you captivated people's eyes and their minds. You caught them with the ways that you taught and communicated as a rabbi. So when Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men, he's saying, I'm going to make you like me. I'm going to make you a great teacher. I'm going to make you become like me. I'm going to make you look like me and walk like me. So we do the same stuff. Okay? So fun. Uh, Okay, that was the second goal. So the first goal, what is it? To be with their rabbi. Second goal? To become like their rabbi, to look like him, yep. And the third goal was to do what your rabbi did. So the goal really is that once these students went through the, you know, the long, exhausting process of becoming a Talmudine and being an apprentice, at some point the rabbi would look at them and say, you did it, congratulations, now you go do what I did. You go be a rabbi, and then one day you'll have your own Talmudines, and you'll teach them and train them to be like you, and really they're going to be like me too. Because the the replication just repeats itself, right? So good. Jesus' end goal with his disciples was what? That they would do what he did. That they'd heal the sick, cast cast out the demons, that they'd raise the dead, that they would do what he did. So again, in that time, there were three goals for all Talmudines. And let me just suggest that we're all Talmudines right? We're apprentices to Jesus, and our goals are to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he does. So good. Okay, and I'm going to make it scriptural, as if it's not already. Okay, so here's my proof. Mark 13, 13 through 15. I'm going to read this verse, and I want you to hear the invitations of being with Jesus, becoming like him, and doing what he does. Okay, so it says, Afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to himself the men he wanted to be his close companions. That's the official invitation. Um, So they went up to the mountainside to join him, to be with him, right? And he appointed the twelve who he named apostles. And he wanted them to continually be at his side as his friends. Not just disciples, but friends too. To become like him, right? And so that they could, he could send them out to preach and have authority to heal the sick and to cast out e- demons, which is to do what he did, right? So there's that invitation. Come be with me. Come become like me. Come do what I do. 
So throughout our groups, throughout our presence groups, this is what we're going to learn. We're going to take two months to learn the different ways to be with him. As if, I mean, I know we all know this. We know how to be with God. But we're going to learn some practices. We're going to learn what, oh, there's my boy. We're going to learn what it looks like to take a Sabbath, to take a rest so that we can be with God. We're going to learn what it looks like to, um, to slow down in life so that we can be with him. Or to learn how to pray. We're going to be invited to pray so that we can learn how to be with him even more. And then we're going to take two more months to learn about becoming like him in character. Okay, so what does it look like to forgive like him? What does it look like to, um, I'm trying to think of all the different things. There's so many fun things in here. But what does it look like to become like Jesus? And how do we practically do it? How do we create practices in our daily life that lead us to look more like him, to become more like him? And then we'll take the last two months to learn about doing what he does. And we'll weave the doing what he does throughout the whole thing because we just want to. It's just fun. But doing what he does looks like doing this stuff. It looks like prophesying, healing, praying for people. It looks like loving the one, right? Like an invitation to the dirt where Jesus knelt down and he wrote in the dirt and he made all the condemners leave the lady who was caught in adultery, right? The invitation to the one in the dirt. So good. So each week will be a specific invitation where you're learning how to be with him, become like him, and do what he does. And all this applies to whether you join a presence group or not. This is your role as an apprentice, a Talmudine. It's to do life in a way where you look like him, you become like him, you're with him, and you're doing what he does. Sounds good so far? That's so exciting. Thanks, Jess. (laughs) I can't wait. She said, I can't wait to go to these groups. So good. I love her. I love Jess. Okay, so I wanted to share, that's a little bit about the curriculum, a little bit about our call, our invitation to discipleship. It applies to everybody. The next invitation I wanted to chat with you guys about is one of the hardest invitations the Lord has ever invited me into, and I said no so many times. Remember, it requires a response. It requires a a willing heart to accept and to show up and to respond. Okay, so this is the invitation to community. Can I have all my extroverts stand up? All my extroverts. That means you love people. You love to be loud. You love to be proud. All right, I'm really looking at the introverts, but I'm doing this in a way that doesn't make them uncomfortable. Thank you, extroverts, for standing. All right, I need a better look. Extroverts, stay up, stay up. (laughs) So good. I know, they all sat back down. It's okay. It's all right, all right. I just want to get a good look. So introverts, community is for you. Introverts are those that are, you know, a little more quiet. They don't need 100 people to feel good about themselves, to be around them. No, I'm not saying extroverts do, but introverts just enjoy. They get filled up by being alone, and that is okay. Believe it or not, I'm an introvert. Pastor Jesse knows. He did a pro scan, personality assessment on me, and found out I am introverted. So... If you have beef with that, take it to him. (laughs) But before I even came to Presence, I had like some social anxiety. I did not like people. A a phrase I frequently repeated over myself was, I hate people. And it sounds horrible to even say that from this mic. But I used to say, I don't like people. I don't need people. I can do my own thing. I'm going to be great on my own. I just don't need anybody. Has anybody ever felt that way? 
Okay, thank you for raising the extroverts, raise their hand, not the introverts. <laughs> it was something I frequently repeated, and I lived a long time being isolated, a long, long, long time, far too long. Um, I actually went through ministry school for a couple years, just like, it's just me and Jesus. I don't need anybody. I'm going to change the world by myself. Who, revivalist? What revivalist needs a team? You know, like, oh, all these lies I believed. Um, Aaron and I, actually, we lived, we lived in Temecula for a while before moving out to Orange County. So Temecula's inland. Beautiful place, great wine, um, vineyards and everything out there. But we lived out there, and for so long, we didn't have community, and we just were going through school and plugging away in life, just thinking, like, why do we need people? You know, we don't need people. We came out here to go to school. I went to UCLA, and my husband did some, uh, some schooling at a law school here. And um, I, at that point, didn't have my family, so I'm like, man, isolation is hitting me in a different way. You know, before I had my family but was isolated, now I have nobody. And my husband has a lot of books that he's dating instead of me. Because <laughs> that's what law school looks like for a first year, right, hon? Really hard. He didn't mean to. He dated me well, but... Still, I did not have the community I needed. So I finally, for the first time, felt that, like, the Lord's invitation to community. I'm like, I think I need it, but I still don't want it. I'm so scared. So I ended up going to Presence for the first time. And at this point, I'm in this moment where I just graduated UCLA. And, of course, I'm like, the world's my oyster. I can do anything. But I'm also really hungry in, in learning thinking of Micah. Say hi to Channel 5. No. <laughs> Distraction. That's a loud plane. All right. Um, but I'm listening to anything and everything about John Maxwell. Do you guys know about John Maxwell? He's my friend. I don't know him yet, but I will one day. Um, it's on one of my dream lists <laughs> to meet him. But John Maxwell does a lot of um, teaching about personal growth, personal development. So I was just hungry to grow. And how many of us know that community is where the real growth comes from, right? You, don't, you can only grow so much alone. You can only like, love people so well from a distance. It's when you come into community that you're like, oh... I got a lot of growth to do, right? So at this time, I'm reading this book by Chris Vallotton, and he talks about how your, you know, your destiny is in your people, and when you find your people, you'll go after your destiny. And I'm like, God, where are my people? Where are they? You know, like, I just want to do my destiny, but I can't without my people. So I go to Presence Church, long story short, and I remember, you know, this, these people, we were meeting at the nightclub at this time, and these people just linger, and they talk forever, and it makes me so uncomfortable. And so every minute, the minute after service ended, I would bolt to the bathroom. How many of you did this? Bolt to the bathroom. I'm going to be watching the bathroom today. You bolt to the bathroom and you're like, I'm just sitting in this. So I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm just sitting there like, hmm, what am I, I going to do? What's my game plan? I want to grow, but I don't. I want to grow, but community's scary. And I would force myself to go back out there and to sit down and to talk to two people before I left. And I would say, two people, two people, two people, two people. That's all I have to do is two people. This is so hard. Oh, God. But I want it, you know. But I wanted it. I wanted to belong. I wanted that invitation to be in community. So I did it. I forced myself. Oh, my gosh. As hard as it was. And there was this one gal. Super funny story. How are we on time? Do you mind? I didn't bring my phone. Are we okay? This one gal. Her name's Ashley. I love her to death. But so, Maddie, can you stand up for a second? So, this Maddie's going to pretend she's me. Maddie's standing there, and I'm going to be Ashley. And Maddie's looking at me. You know, I'm looking at Ashley, and Ashley's like, 
And I'm like, is she waving to me? Is she waving to me? Is she my one of my two people I'm going to talk to today? And so you can sit down, Natty. Thanks, babe. So I, uh, I'm like, hi, you know? Little did I know, Ashley was waving to someone behind me, you know? <laughs> and she didn't have the guts to tell me, like, I was actually talking to somebody else until, like, two years later. <laughs> so good. But she comes up to me, and then, because she sees I'm like, ah, you know, desperate probably. She starts talking to me. <laughs> she... She's so sweet. She's like, are you new? You know, probably looking for her friend. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so scared to be here. You know, all these things. And then she actually invites me to a woman's Bible study at the beach. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. No, not that. Anything but that. So I take her number, and I'm like, sure, yeah. And I go home, and I'm just terrified. You know, I tell Aaron, this is our church. But, but the people terrify me, you know, all that stuff. God's here, but it's still scary. I hope you're seeing the struggle that is possible to have when God invites you to things, right? The wrestling we do inside ourselves, but it's okay. It's not the wrestling that's an issue. It's how you respond to the invitation he gives you, right? So anyways, I'm sitting there wrestling and, and, and I get this text from Ashley, like Bible studies this like tomorrow at seven o'clock at the beach. And I'm like, oh my God, don't we have something going on, Aaron? You know, so I called, I, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, John, John Maxwell would tell me to go, you know, so sitting there reading, getting all prepped up for the meeting. And I'm actually driving to the car, preparing questions ahead of time. How many of you do this? I'm like, what do I do if nobody has anything to say? It's so awkward. What can I say? So I'm writing a list mentally of like things to say so that there's not small talk, so that it's not, you know, uncomfortable. And I feel prepared somewhat because I love to be prepared. As you can see, I have like 20 pages of notes up here. And, um, and I call my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm going to this Bible study and I'm so scared. She's like, I'm going to pray for you. You know, it's going to be amazing. So anyways, I get there again, longer story shorter. I get there, meet these women and they just adopt me into family. And we just devour the word and we sit on the beach and we're just talking about scripture. And what does this mean in Galatians? And I mean, and I just went week after week after week. And every time it got a little easier and a little easier and I smiled more and it was less fake of a smile and I liked it and the people were great and so that was my first like real accepting of an invitation to community and I haven't looked back since but I want you guys to know there was still this like there's still times when I'm like oh I don't want to see so and so all right all right how am I going to do this I'm going to do this and you just you just do it you just respond to the invitations and you do it in love so good so is this, thank you guys, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Papa Phil, so good. So it's this context of community where growth happens, right? Where we get to even become more aware of the invitations Jesus is giving to us. I doubt all of the invitations you hear from God are about you. They're probably a lot more about other people. People around you, how to love on people, what it looks like to extend beyond yourself to reach out to the community around you. So good. Yeah, this community thing, it's a sweet spot. And so that's what we're going to go after in these presence groups. Really intentionally is community and building community. And how do we do it in a way where people who, like me, are more introverted or nervous are still okay with moving forward and feeling like they belong? Does that make sense? Doesn't that sound fun? So good. So fun. Okay, so I wanted also to talk a few minutes about what community isn't and then what community is. So we can see the difference, all right? And then we'll wrap up. So 
community is not surrounding yourself with people that look and talk just like you. What? <laughs> Someone's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> right? Community is not always easy. It's not always natural, and it's not super quick. It takes time. Community is not all about you. It's not. No. <laughs> it's not all about getting your needs met or getting those warm fuzzies, right? Does this sound like um, 1 Corinthians 13? Just a little bit. I was like prepping for this. I'm like, God, that sounds like love. <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy. <laughs> it's, not, it's patient. It's kind. It's all these things, right? Um, Community is also not clicky, okay? It's not exclusive. Community is not without purpose. It's not a wandering, just wherever the wind blows us. It's intentional. I'm sorry. I'm not getting there yet. I'm not getting I'm going too fast. And it's not inconsistent, okay? You can't say you have community when you don't show up all the time, okay? You can't say you have community when you only do something when you feel like it, okay? I know. Put your seatbelts on. Put your seatbelts on. Look at your invitation if you need a distraction, okay? <laughs> All right, so here's what it is. And I want you guys to, uh, aside from presence groups, I want you to think about community in your life and maybe areas you want to intentionally pursue when I'm talking about what community is. Like, oh, that's, a, that's an area I'm a little weak in. I'm going to grow in that. And then surround yourself with people where you can start practicing these things, okay? Okay, so here's what it is. And here's what we're going to foster throughout these groups. But community is surrounding yourself with people that are different with you, than you. People with different giftings, different callings, in different life stages, different strengths, different weaknesses, people that make you nervous, people that make you uncomfortable a little bit, maybe people that have different personalities, you know, you're like, oh, she's so loud, it's all right, it's good for you to be surrounded by different people, okay, or oh, they talk too much, that's all right, hopefully they're hearing the invitation to listen more. Okay? And hopefully you're hearing the invitation to love well through perseverance. <laughs> okay, so community is, is something we want to have an appreciation for diversity in. Does that make sense? Okay, community is also a place for you to grow. So in Proverbs 27, 17, I love this verse. This is the Passion Translation. It's a little different. We're used to it being the iron sharpens iron kind of a verse, but this one in the Passion Translation says, it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade, and so one person sharpens the character of another. So it's more than the books you read or the podcasts you listen to or the, um, you know, the audio books that you listen to. I am a high learner. It's one of my top five strengths, so I am just always putting information in. More than that, though, you grow not from just listening, but you grow from doing, and you do the stuff in community with people. Okay, so you can read all the books you want on leadership, and I've, I've read a ton, and I haven't learned nearly half as much as I have in the last year working with presence in a leadership position. So it's being around people where you start to learn and actually put into practice what you know. Okay, community is also inclusive, right? Everyone gets a seat at the table, regardless of your age, your status. Um, the rabbis, you know, the Talmudines had to be uber smart. It was a little exclusive, right? Say there was someone who had a dream to be a rabbi, but they just weren't cut. They couldn't get through Leviticus. <laughs> it was exclusive. They couldn't then be a Talmudine and one day a rabbi. But for you guys, for us, thankfully due to Jesus and his love, we all get to have a seat at the table. 
Community's also vulnerable. Ugh. Put your seatbelts on for this one. It costs you something, right? You don't have to get in these groups or in community or in, with people, with relationships. You don't have to get super deep, super quick. It's actually like warned not to do that. You, know, you don't want to divulge too much too soon. Take your time. But as you build trust with people and as you um, share life experiences and go through things with them, you get to feel a little more comfortable to be vulnerable and raw and real to share the hard things in life as well as the victories. And so for this reason, we're actually closing the groups off. So these presence groups are going to, um, you are in one and you are staying in that one unless some crazy thing happens and you need to talk to me about getting into a different group. But these groups aren't going to be open where you can just jump and hop from group to group because we want to build consistency. We want people to feel safe. We want them to feel like they belong. Like I've shared 20 meals with Carly and so I feel even more comfortable sharing this thing that happened to me. That's why. I just want to give you the why behind we have groups that are closed rather open, okay? So good. So community is also about others. It requires us to listen, okay? It's not all about us. It's not about the warm fuzzies. It's about us learning to love well. <laughs> so to all my extroverts, this means you are asked or invited to maybe zip your lips a little more often. Maybe to sit with someone who's a little more quiet and to ask them a hard question, right? Or to the quiet one, you're invited to speak and share a story that maybe you'd only feel comfortable telling your mama bear, okay? So communities also, it's dirty, it's messy, it's challenging. It requires brave communication. I think my husband and I had some of the hardest conversations we've ever had this week with people in our community, and we are so much stronger because of it. And we could have chosen, let's not have the conversation, let's just like, you know, if there was a rug here, like just brush it under there and, and just act like everything's hunky-dory and it never happened, and we'll just get on with our lives without it, and we'll com compartmentalize stuff that's bugging us or hurting us and we're never dealing with the issue at hand. So that's not what community does. We go after stuff, we have brave conversations, and we pursue truth, okay? Okay, two more, all right? You guys with me? Almost done. Community is consistent. It takes time and effort. So that's also why with these presence groups, we're requiring a six-month commitment. Ah, thank you. A six-month commitment. So obviously, thank you, with COVID, just so I say it loud and proud from the stage with COVID, with the you know, concerns about being careful with your families and whatnot, if anybody in a presence group is exposed to COVID or has it, there is an expectation and a requirement that you stay home. Even though we're requiring consistency, right, and for you to show up, we are asking you to stay home consistently while you're quarantining, okay? <laughs> so we want to make sure to protect the homes, to protect the people in the homes. A lot of us are still doing life as normal because we have jobs, we have families, we've just got to do stuff. So there's an expectation. I'm just going to put it in here. While you're required for a six-month commitment, there's an expectation you use wisdom when it comes to COVID exposure, all that stuff. Just want to say it loud and proud from the stage. Lastly, community is intentional. It's full of purpose. It's, it's unto something. You never just, you know, like when you walk away from a friend or someone in your community, um, hopefully something happened there where you left feeling more encouraged or you left feeling braver or you left knowing you built someone up. So there's purpose to it. It's never just a, let's just sit here and not talk, you know, or let's do this or that. It's, it's unto something. So these groups, they're led with intention. They're, um, they're led with purpose, and they build 
like each week builds upon each other too. So that's another reason why we're, we're asking you guys make a six-month commitment for these groups. And to your community, regardless of these groups. I hope you're hearing my heart. There's a requirement and a desire and an invitation, most importantly, just for consistency and for purpose in your groups. So good. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up because I don't know what time it is, and I don't even hear the kids, so I'm questioning how they're doing over there. They're not as loud as normal. But <laughs> I wanted to leave you guys with a, um, just a quick quote. This one's just brilliant. This is from a man, a Christian philosopher named Dallas Willard. Such a good guy, right? So again, and before I say that, just remember this, this talk today. It's about using this idea of an invitation to see our lives as disciples and as a part of something better than ourselves a community. I hope as you've been sitting here, you're hearing God's invitation to do something or to um, pursue someone or to act upon something he's asking of you. Okay, here's the quote, and then we'll, we'll pray and wrap it up. It's, I'll go slow. The greatest issue facing the world today with all its broken needs is whether whoever those are who identified as Christians will become disciples Students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of heaven and to bring it into every corner of human existence. So there's this question of, oh, I'll, just, I'll go here for one second. A lot of times in the Bible, in the Gospels, you see that there are the disciples and the crowds, right? Where it talks about there were the, they were gathered on the mountainside and the disciples were there and there was a crowd of people. That's actually this amazing way that the writers of the gospels are differentiating. Are you a follower or are you just on the sidelines? Are you one of the crowds? Okay. So life as a Christian requires us to respond to his invitation to come follow me. We can't just say it. We can't just learn about it. We have to do it. It requires a lifestyle out of us to say yes to his invitations. And regardless of how hard that might be, it is for a greater good and for a good purpose. It's a good quote, huh? All right. Awesome. So if you guys are, uh, and again, this wasn't all to just be like, join a presence group, please. We actually have limited capacity. So there's a need to um, either RSVP ASAP or respond ASAP or not. So over here, you can go ahead and sign up for the presence groups at the end of service today. Um, but regardless, I just pray, and I'll pray in a minute, but that you guys just hear his invitations constantly, waking you up in the morning, wooing you closer to him, um, driving you near community and people, and just living beyond something greater than yourself. Does that sound good? Awesome. All right, Father, I thank you that you are the master inviter, that you, that you love to invite your kids to do something as intimate as following you, God. I ask that you would teach us what it looks like to follow you well and that the dust of following you would be on our clothes all day long, God, that we would um, be so close to you that we would feel the wind in our hair, that we would hear what it is that you're doing and say what it is that you're saying all day long, Papa. We thank you for your invitations. I ask that you would continue to just let those invitations be loud and clear to us, God, and that you would give us the courage and the boldness and the braveness to respond in a way that pleases your heart and in a way that just lets love trump over all else. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Amen. Great job. Hey, if you're part of the prayer team, come on up. We're going to do this. We do this every week. We see God get his uh, reward with miracles. Um, if you need a word from God this morning, like 2021, like 
I need, I need a word. Um, come on up. These guys are, these guys are just frothing to just to give you a word from the Father. So bless you guys. Um, next week, we got Dylan Long. Bring a friend. Um, we'll either be outside or inside. We're still working that out. Uh, but I love church. I love that we're doing this regardless. So bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 